Welcome to the Redeemer Community Church podcast. The following audio is from Redeemer Community Church located in Johnson City, Tennessee. We hope it will be encouraging to you as you listen. Okay, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. If you've got a Bible with you, I wanna invite you to turn there to Matthew 11. We're gonna look at verses 28 through 30 and read it together. I'll be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version, and this is the start of a teaching by Jesus on rest, on uh, one of the big ideas uh, in the culture that Jesus came out of was this idea of Sabbath. And so Jesus says this in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus invites to rest. Jesus invites us to rest. And, and he says, take my yoke upon you. And that may be the, probably the strangest word in that passage, unless you're from an agrarian background. Uh, but a yoke is literally a piece of wood that would connect two oxen together and it would allow them to do their work. And so he's referencing that term. That's what it means literally, but symbolically a yoke would, was used to describe the teachings of, of a rabbi, the, the way of life of the Torah, of the Bible. And so when Jesus says, take my yoke, he's saying, take my teachings, take my way of life and follow me. Take that and you will find rest for your souls. And so he invites us to take that yoke. And he says, it's a light and easy yoke. It's a yoke of rest. And that's what we're talking about today. But the thing is, we live in a restless world, right? A world that just goes 24 seven, nonstop. There's always something happening, something to be at, some kind of pressure, some expectation, something to be, something to work hard at, something to be entertained by. All, one thing after another, we live in a restless world. And you might see some of those signs in your life. Uh, if, if somebody says, man, if you stop and say, how am I doing? I, I'm spent. Uh, caffeine and sugar are my best friends. Uh, I, I, have, I have so little capacity for even the, the most important people in my life. It's taxing when I have to be around them. Uh, I get really angry over small things. Those are all signs that we need rest. I, I really don't have time for any, to take, to just, just to look out and enjoy the sky, to be out in creation. Uh, I, I, can, I can't, I find myself not able to think clearly. I feel like I'm dragging my soul around behind me. I need rest. Those, those are all signs that we need rest. And it's because we live in a restless world. And, and so as we talk about rest today, one of the, a word that you're going to need to know about is a Jewish word. It's this idea of Sabbath. And, and it, it literally means to, to stop, to cease, to desist, to, to not make any more forward progress, but to just, to take a break, to take a break. And so you're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. And what we're gonna do is actually, I wanna look back through the story of God, going, we're gonna go right back to Genesis and look at rest as a theme that carries through God's 
his relationship to his people throughout time. So the first place we're going to go is Genesis chapter 2. If you want to flip back to Genesis 2, you're welcome to. Uh, but I wanted to share the first few verses, and you're going to hear this word Sabbath, which means, you could also say it means a pause, means a break. And so in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, this is the very beginning of the story, the very beginning of the story of God. It says this, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. At the very beginning of the story, when God is forming the universe, it says he works for six days and makes everything. And then it says he takes a break. Why? Was God tired? No, he does not get weary. He does not need rest. He's an almighty, infinite, omnipotent creator. It wasn't because he needed uh, to, to catch his breath, but it's kind of like any of you that you like to make things, like if you build stuff or you bake things or you're creative and you paint or you do, whenever we create things, what's the thing you like to do once you get done? Enjoy it. Step back and say, yeah. I used to build things with my dad. We'd do projects all around town. And I remember we, we built a fence together and we got it all done. And, and he and I just were like, yeah, just take a break and enjoy what we've made. And so that's part of this rhythm that God actually we is weaving into the, the universe is work, but then take a break to enjoy it. Work to just stay and then take a break and step back and say, oh, this is good. This is good, I'm gonna enjoy that. that. This is how the universe is designed. So that's important for us to think about. Uh, he, and he wanted to establish a rhythm of rest. There's a music in the things that God does. And it makes me think of uh, Miles Davis, the famous jazz musician who said that um, it's not the notes you play, it's the notes you don't play that make great music. Because if it's just that's an alarm. <laughs> That's not music. But when you put some syncopation, when you put a dun, 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 dun. Come on, Jim Fickley. Dun, 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 dun. You know, it's the breaks in that song that make it so good, all right? And we're ready for the eye of the tiger. It's the pauses that make the music great. And it's actually the pauses in our rhythms of work that make life flourish. And so God was setting a rhythm in place for the cosmos. This is a cosmic rhythm that we get from our creator. So first in the story of God, we see a rhythm of rest. But then as we follow along with the story, we're going to see that God actually gives a rule of rest. And if you want to flip over and go into the, uh, to Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter 20 is where we find God giving his people the Ten Commandments. So we're fast forwarding. Uh, God has brought the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt and he is teaching them a new way to live because they are no longer slaves. They, are, they belong to him. And so he's teaching them a new way to live. That's what all that time in the wilderness is about. And so he gives them the fourth commandment. And he, listen to this and think about this idea of rest. This is in Genesis, I'm sorry, Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day, the, the pause day, the break day to keep it holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And then later in Exodus 31, he said, the Lord says this, he says, it's a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. That's literally what it says. It says he rested and was refreshed. God gives them the 10 commandments. He gives them this fourth commandment. It's a rule of rest. And he gives it to them again later in Deuteronomy, and he adds a little bit to the end of it. And he says this, he says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So he's saying to them, you were slaves, you're not anymore. You've been set free, and you're, I want you to remember this every single week. I want you to pause, because when you were in Egypt, you didn't have a day off. You didn't have a break. You didn't have a pause. There was nothing. You were a slave, and they were cracking the whip, and that was your reality, but that is behind you now. You are free, and I want, you to, I want to remind you of that every week by giving you this rule of rest that points back to the rhythm of rest that I built the cosmos on. And so he made this rule, and actually, they were pretty intense about it. They were pretty strict about keeping this rule. In fact, if you, and if, if that, at this time, if you broke the, that rule and, and violated the Sabbath, they, would, they killed people over that. So I know that's <laughs> a little intense. Um, what is a lesson that we could take from that? If you don't rest, it'll kill you. If, you don't, if we don't rest, it'll kill us. Uh, I was doing a little bit of research on this. It's a strange thing. Uh, they do studies of longevity. And there are, uh, when they, they looked at Seventh-day Adventists, who are folks who are really dedicated to keeping the Sabbath, they really, really are, are on this thing of taking a break every week, uh, among some other really, I think, good habits, healthy habits that they have. But I don't know if you know this, but Seventh-day Adventists, on average, live 10 years longer than everybody else. The average age is about 79 for, norm, for our normal lifespan. These guys live an extra 10 years. Well, if you take 79 years and you say, how many uh, Sundays are there in, how many Sabbaths are there, how many uh, in, in 79 years, there's over 4,000. And then if you take that 4,000 and you divide that by 365, you know how many years you get? Around 10, <laughs> actually 11 years. And so these people who take a break every single week end up getting it on the back end with an extra 10 years of life. It's kind of like there might be a creator that designed all this thing and knows how we were built to work. So just a, some food for thought on the value of taking a break. So here's the thing. God gives his people a rhythm of rest to show them how they were made and that they're dependent on this creator. He also, give, he also gives a rule of rest to remind them that they were no longer slaves. 
they didn't do good with the rhythm. They didn't do good with the rule. If you read the Old Testament, they were constantly struggling to say, yeah, we, we, are we really going to do this thing and take this break? Because they were always go, 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 go. They're a lot like us. And, uh, and so that brings us even to to Jesus as we go through the story of God and we come to Jesus and by his time, the rule of rest had become a back-breaking burden along with everything else about if you were really gonna follow God, it was gonna be really hard and there were a lot of things that you had to, a lot of eyes to die and teeth to cross and it was a burden to follow God. And that's the moment that Jesus is speaking into when he says, if you're weary and heavy laden, if you're burned out with religion, Come to me and find rest for your soul. And Jesus, that's, that's where we pick up with this idea in, uh, in Matthew 11. And so if you look at Matthew 11 and, and you see these last two verses, I want to hop over to the next chapter. Uh, the chapter breaks were not originally in the, the Gospels. They were added a long time later. And I, I think the story just needs to keep going from the verses that we are, are our key scripture for today. And then... Matthew 12, verse one, it says this. At that time, after just talking about rest, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what's not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Or you could say the Son of Man, Jesus, is Lord of the rest, <sighs> of the pause. Jesus is Lord of the rest. And uh, in Mark 2, Jesus, the same story is told, and Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. He's Lord of the rest. The people, the Pharisees, the religious folks knew, they knew the rhythm of the Sabbath. They knew the rule of the Sabbath, but they didn't know the redeemer of the Sabbath. And that's, the, that's what Jesus was trying to connect for them. And that's what he's trying to connect for us today. That's where this is taking us, this, this invitation of rest, the cosmic rhythm of rest, and this idea that Jesus is ultimate rest. Jesus Christ is ultimate rest. And I wanna invite you to that. One of the reasons that we meet in the round is because we wanna symbolize Jesus being right here in the center. And I wanna call you to him today, wherever you're at in your life, that you would hear that invitation that Jesus Christ provides ultimate rest, rest, for your soul. More than physical rest, emotional rest, or mental rest, we need rest for our souls. Saint Augustine said, God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you.
Did you hear that? Our creator, he made you. You here in this room, you here, you're not here by accident today. God made you. And there are folks in this room who your heart has been restless your entire life because God made you for himself and your heart is restless until it, until it rests in Christ. And that's the whole reason that Jesus went to the cross. He did that work on the cross of dying in our place so that you could have rest. We rest in the gospel. We can sit in that place and like Jesus said, find rest for our souls. And so I wanna invite you, for there are people in this room that you've never experienced that rest of coming to Jesus to say, you have taken my sin and paid the price for it on the cross. And you offer me forgiveness, you offer me freedom, just like when those Israelites were taken out of slavery in Egypt, that you, Jesus, would take me out of slavery to sin and to death. And so I invite you, those of you this morning that are here in that place, to put your trust in Jesus, to come to him and allow him to give you rest. <sighs> rest that only Christ can give. When you come to Jesus and he begins to work that rest into your life, it's a lifelong process of resting and learning to rest and coming back to rest in Jesus. And, uh, and when we, but when we do that, when we embrace that rest, when we follow Jesus, there's something that happens in our lives. And this is what, for those of you that are following Jesus, this is some things I wanna encourage you with today. There's four ideas. Jesus invites us to rhythms of rest to do four things, to grow our faith, to increase our joy in him, to deepen our relationships, and actually to enhance our work. I wanna unpack those ideas for you. This is what resting in Jesus does. The first thing that it does is it increases our faith in him because our, our lives are go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. I've gotta be doing something. I've gotta get this done. Or um, for some, some of you are like a, you're workaholics, you're really, really busy. Uh, some of you are funaholics <laughs> uh, and you're like, I gotta go do this thing, we're doing that and we got these adventures and I've got FOMO like crazy. And, uh, and so you're, but you're busy, busy, busy. There's no rest, either for the workaholic or the funaholic or whatever's driving you. And, and so to stop your work and take a pause means that you're saying, God, I trust you to take care of things. And, and it, it stretches your faith when you pause to be with God, when you take a break from saying it's all, because if you're working all the time, then you're saying it's all up to me. And God is saying, no, I've got you. I've got this. And when, so when you, when you pause and you're not just go, 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 it's actually, it's a way to strengthen your faith. And the, and the thing is you will see God show up when you take that pause, when you take those breaks and things happen in your life, you see the blessing of God um, on your life. So that's the first thing it does is that it, uh, it, 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 str it strengthens our faith. The, the second thing that it does is when we pause, when we enter into the rest of God, that it increases our joy in him. It in when you pause to be with Jesus, he's the most interesting person in the universe, right? 
Think about it. Who, what's Jesus? He is the most interesting, fascinating. The scripture says that he is the happiest person in the universe. There's a psalm that says he's anointed with the oil of gladness above everyone else. So he's got the most energy, the most, like, the woo <laughs> kind of thing. You would love to be, it's, it's a pleasure to be with him. Psalm 1611 says, um, you will show me the ways of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That's worth pausing for my stuff to be with that kind of God, that in that, the presence of that person. So he invites us to that. When we pause, we have that opportunity to connect with him. Um, and, and think about it. Think about all the other stuff that you fill your life with. Why, why do you overindulge in food? Why do you overindulge in, in alcohol or some other substance or in uh, express, different expressions of sexuality? Why do we do that? Why do we binge watch Netflix? Uh, G.K. Chesterton said, every man who's knocking on the door of a brothel is looking for God. We're designed for pleasure. We're designed for that, but we look in all the wrong places. And so Jesus says, come to me, find rest for your soul. Come to me, find rest for your soul. He's better. That's the idea. He's better. And so he invites you to come to him just, like, just as you are and let him show you that he's better. And here's the third thing that pausing to rest does. It deepens our relationships with others. Because instead of go, 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 and I'm always trying to get here and always trying to do this and get this thing done, I'm going to take a break and be with people, especially the people that matter most. And you see that even at the beginning of the church in Acts chapter two, when the spirit falls, it then shows us one of my favorite passages where it says they were hanging out together, eating in people's homes uh, and encouraging each other, having favor with all the people. And then God was adding more to their number every day. It's a picture of people pausing from all their other stuff and being together and their relationships deepened and God wove together something incredible. That's what he's all about. So we pause, like you're gonna have, after this service, hopefully you've got some time to pause for the rest of the day, maybe pausing for lunch. Invite some people here, say, hey, let's go get lunch together and deepen those relationships. When you don't pause, the relationships that matter most die. If you just keep going and going and going, and that's why God builds that, that rhythm into creation, that rhythm of pausing. It reminded me too of in, uh, in Acts uh, chapter 11, it shows the revival in Antioch, and the people are they're hanging out, they're spending time together, they're building these deep relationships, but they're from all walks of life. Rich and poor, different skin colors, different backgrounds, all these people, and they're spending time together, and that's where people, that's where they're first called Christians. Because everybody that was watching this thing happen said, well, I can't, I can't put you in this category or this category or this category because the common denominator that you have is Jesus because you have these deep relationships and that's when they first called them Christians because they were the people that were pausing together from every walk of life. And that's a beautiful demonstration of the power of Jesus, the power of the gospel is that it unites people together with this common denominator of Jesus. So we see this, uh, this rhythm uh, of resting with God that it grows our faith, it increases our joy, it deepens our relationships, and it enhances our work. 
this is interesting because we're all, you know, a lot of you guys are very type A, you're productivity driven. And it's interesting how pausing actually makes you better when you go back to work. Because you just keep going and going and going, and it just, there's a, a diminishing returns, right? And so we take the break, and Jesus did this with his disciples as they would go out and they would be preaching and doing all kinds of hard work, and then he would literally say, come on, let's go away. And let's take a break. Let's pause. And then as we're refreshed, then we're going to come back and, uh, and, and get back after it again. Jesus is definitely, God is about work, all right? Six days you shall labor, one day you rest. So God is definitely about hard work. I want to encourage you because some, there are, you know, Paul had some pretty harsh words for some lazy uh, Thessalonians, if you want to look that up. So there is, there is this encouragement as you follow Jesus to work hard, to work as unto the Lord. But then there's also the strong encouragement to rest, to take those pauses, to take those breaks. Uh, and be refreshed. And so I want to finish up with some practical ideas. If we've seen, we've looked at the story of God, the rhythms of rest, the rule of rest, the redeemer of rest, and now just some practical things so you can say, hey, I need to put this in my life because I'm tired of like amping myself up with sugar and caffeine and uh, and greasy french fries. I need something a little bit better than that. Here's some ideas when you're thinking about how to bring rest into your life, uh, which by the way, the idea of the Sabbath, that whole thing, I don't have time to get into a long theological discussion on on how that should be kept and all that, but if you wanna look at Romans 14 or Colossians 2 for some of you theologians, that's that's where we, I think you can walk away with the idea that how you honor the Sabbath and how you rest is, uh, it's a matter of conscience that you you, you can decide how that's gonna happen and that it's also a matter of creativity that you can be very creative in how you pause and connect with God. So conscience and creativity are two things to think about when we think about rest. Here's the first thing when you're saying, I need this rhythm in my life. The first thing is to set boundaries with your work. Set some boundaries with your work. And even if you're a student, that you can set those boundaries. You may say, and I don't know what your parents will say about this, but no homework on Sundays. <laughs> that could be your day. I did that in college. I felt convicted. That was my conscience that said, hey, take a break and don't do school on Sundays. And I just made sure to work my schedule so that I could get everything done prior to Sunday. And then I just had that whole day to worship, to be with friends, to, to just to grow spiritually. And it made college a very fruitful time for me because of that pause. So that's a way is to create those boundaries uh, in your space. And Talk with other people in your profession and talk about how do you take breaks? How do you work these pauses into your life? And I think those would be some very fruitful conversations as far as how we take a rest. So that's setting boundaries with your work. A second idea is setting boundaries with your tech, your media, your screen, your little new appendage that has grown on your body. Uh, over the last 20 years, like mine's just stuck on it. It's like, what is this? This is a growth. I need, I need, I need a surgeon. Uh, I'd like to cut this off. This is probably one of the biggest areas that you need discipleship in <laughs> and encouragement in because this is a weapon of mass distraction. This steals more rest from your life than probably anything else. And I, I, like, I like phones. They're great. It's a great tool, but it can also be a, a great thief of rest. And so setting some boundaries and thinking through, when do I turn this thing off? When do I, did you know that it actually, you can? 
It's tricky, you have to press a couple buttons and hold them for a little while, but it will shut down. And I'll tell you, it's, it is so psychologically relieving to just do that. I'm just gonna do it right now. I'm gonna hold it, and, there's, and then you have to swipe across. <sighs> it's just a brick. <laughs> Free. Find times in your week where you turn that thing off or where you find somebody else that can watch it for you so you can just disconnect from that. Find a break from technology. We're not made to have a constant stream of input and entertainment and tragedy and Instagram and silly and cats on toilets and all that kind of stuff. Your soul doesn't thrive uh, on that, okay? It just doesn't. I'm just here to wake you up to that reality. Um, So take a break from your technology, set some boundaries with it, Uh, Those are two things, two boundaries. And here's the thing, as you're setting those boundaries, you're creating space to set times for daily and weekly pauses. Find those places in your schedule where you have some daily pauses and some weekly pauses. Sunday is a great weekly pause. If that works in your schedule, that's fantastic. For me, it's mostly a work day, so actually uh, Friday is uh, that's the, the church offices are closed on Fridays. That's my weekly pause. And so, so find where you can fit those pauses where they can happen in your life. And there's also daily pauses that will help you with that. Jesus modeled both of those. If the son of God took a weekly break and took breaks throughout the day to reconnect with the father, how much more do we need the same thing, right? those kind of breaks in our lives. And so, uh, so when you think about having those pauses, what do you do? Silence, <gasps> solitude. Those are good things to do with your pause, to take a break, to disconnect, and have a little bit of quiet, a little bit of solitude. God, and I know it's scary, but God will begin to speak when you let the sediment of your life settle down and things will become clear. Trust me. Silence and solitude are some things that you can build into your pauses. A second idea, songs and scripture. Take a pause and put on some good worship music. I've got a buddy that uh, he's, he's been coming here a little while and he takes our bulletin each week and he looks up all the songs and he makes a playlist based on those songs and then that's, what, that's his soundtrack for the week. What a great way to pause and connect to God songs and scripture. We do that here on Sunday, so it's a good fit with that. Uh, A third idea, feasting with friends. When you create these pauses in your life, then you can say, hey, this is a time. I'm just going to get together with friends, and we're going to eat some good food together. And then I give you a fourth one is walk in the woods. Oh, there's a pleasure in the pathless woods. Get out there in God's creation, the one who wired you to need these breaks, and find restoring of your soul there. Find that there. Get out in the, into uh, walking in the woods. And I, okay, I, I, I did, did, did my hate speech on phones, but I do want to tell you it can be redemptive. <laughs> it can be, there can be some good things. I'll tell you two apps that could help you actually rest. Um, one of them is called Dwell, D-W-E-L-L. It's a scripture app that has voices from all over the world reading multiple translations, and you can dial in fantastic scripture with music behind it and just helps you pause with God. 
I love it. It's so good. Uh, my wife got it for me one night when I couldn't sleep. She's like, give me your phone. And she put it on there and she started playing scripture and it was powerful. So that's called Dwell. Another one is an app. It's literally called the One Minute Pause. The One Minute Pause. And if you struggle to pause, this is a baby step for you. Just a one minute little pause. And it gives you some scripture, some prayer, and some good things to think about. It's called the One Minute Pause. It's by John Eldridge, the guy that did Wild at Heart. And he, uh, he, he put together this app and a book that goes along with it that's been very helpful to me personally, and I, I thought I'd want to tell you about it. Well, let me close with this. We pause. Jesus invites us to pause because the rest that he invites us into, it reminds us of our creator who made us with the need to rest. Your creator made you with that need to rest, and so when you rest, you're reminding yourself I have a good God, a good creator who has built this rhythm into the cosmos. Also, when you pause to rest, you remind yourself of Jesus, that he sets us free from slavery, just like the Israelites were set free and they rested to remember that, that we rest to remember that Jesus has set us free. Also, when we rest, we reconnect with God through the Holy Spirit and it refreshes our soul. As we rest, we remember our creator, we remember our savior, we remember the spirit that brings us life. And that's the invitation that Jesus has for you today. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, thank you for these words and this invitation. And thank you um, for your spirit working in us today to see um, that you are a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of rest. And, uh, and I pray that as we continue through our service um, today, even that you would continue to speak to our hearts about rest. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this audio from Redeemer Community Church in Johnson City, Tennessee. You can connect with us and find out more information at RedeemerCommunity.com.